What is the reason why you got a credit card authorization for the first 500, but didn't get one for the second? Because he says he I didn't give you. Both. Watch this. Did you give him verbal authorization? No. Right. So now you're going to have to prove he gave you authorization. This is the plaintiff, Christopher Canosieti. He says he was hired by the defendant to cater his wedding. Then a short time later, he called him crying that he couldn't afford the wedding. He demanded a refund. Soon after that, the defendant disputed the charges with his credit card. He's now out $2,640. And this sneaky guy must be taught you can't go around stiffing honest businessmen. He sued him for $2,640 for his services. This is the defendant, John Mazden. He says the disorganized plaintiff double-charged his credit card, and the only reason he discovered it was because it was declined when he went out to dinner. He doesn't owe him any more money because he canceled the plaintiff's services 48 hours before the event, and according to his contract, he could do that without penalty. He's accused of calling it off. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,362.48, seeking a refund of unreturned catering fees and bank charges. All parties, please hit your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The litigants are not actors. They are involved in legitimate disputes, and they have agreed to have those disputes settled here in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Milian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Mr. Conoscienti, you have a catering company? I do. Party time catering and staffing, correct? Yeah, that's correct. All right, and uh, Mr. Matson, you had a wedding planned for when? For uh, May 2nd. May 2nd. All right, well, that got COVIDed out, right? That didn't happen. Yes, ma'am. All right, but are you still together? Are you getting married? Yes, we are. <laughs> it is going to be okay, May good, 1st good. of right. 2021. Yes, that's happened to two weddings that I was attending this year, the exact like you know, weekend of a, of a different of the next year. All right, let me ask you something, Mr. Um, Madsen. You find the plaintiff's company on a site called Thumbtack, right? Correct. And what is Thumbtack? Thumbtack is a uh, site that uh, allows pros uh, to gather customers um, for their business. And so it's like it another sets... Angie's List or whatever. And but it's pros of all kinds. It's not devoted to parties or anything like that. No, it's different. different no, it's different, uh, for all kinds. different professionals. All right. So you find him, you guys connect. And Mr. Conoscenti, at some point, he likes what he hears because everything's being done on the telephone, right? Or computers. Oh, we, and we then, go back um, and forth texting. Texting and what? So at some point, does he end up signing a contract and giving you a five hundred dollar deposit? We um, he likes we go back and forth on the thing for the thumbtack. That he liked my price, so I came out cheaper than everybody else did. So we came into an agreement and we had a phone consultation, and uh, I went over the menu with him and his fiance. Okay. At that time. And then so does he agreed. sign a contract? Yeah, later on in time. Yes, I'll get to that, Judge. But anyway, okay, so and so short. he signs the contract and um, he gives you a deposit of five hundred dollars, correct? No, it's supposed to be two deposits. The one that I had the credit card manually, the two hundred and fifty dollars to hold a reservation at that date, which he was aware of. Then the second one was for the five hundred 
So he agreed to both. Okay, well, here's that. That's the problem, isn't it? Because he says that he only authorized the first one. So on the first one, that is debited on 2-7. You have a properly filled out credit card authorization slip, which you, Mr. Madsen, filled out, correct? Correct. And then you charge a 500. I'm looking at the contract, and typically, if you're supposed to charge another 500, 48 hours later, I would see it on the contract. Anywhere on the contract, does it say anything other than 1,000 due? It says 500 paid, the contract is for 1,500, and then it says total due 1,000. Doesn't say what date, right? And you don't have a credit card authorization for the second charge that you put in two days later, do you? Because he told me verbally on it, we're to hold the reservation at the time. So I don't put up a book weddings at that time. Okay, but I don't understand. What is the reason why you got a credit card authorization for the first 500, but didn't get one for the second? Because he says he I didn't give you... Watch this. Did you give him verbal authorization? No. Right. So now you're going to have to prove he gave you authorization. You know how merchants prove it. They get credit card authorizations filled out. I know, you know, because that's how you made the first one. So on the 48 hours later, Mr. Madsen, when he charges the, $500, the second $500, is this up from a debit card? Yes, it is. I was on my way uh, back from a uh, trip, and we had stopped at a store. And uh, when I stopped at the store to use my debit card, the charges were declined at the time. And uh, I immediately went to my... Uh, bank on online and saw that there was a second charge of $500. Um, and that's when I immediately contacted Chris uh, to let him know that this was, there was a problem. And he said he would Did look into it. Did you contact him how? Did you contact him by text or by phone? By phone. I called him. All right. And you talked to him and he says what? He tells me that he was going to look into it and fix the pro try to fix the problem. Try to by, fix the problem. Uh, by, by Tuesday. This was and then what happens on Tuesday? So when I uh, looked at my statement on Tuesday and I called the bank, um, it was not fixed. So I immediately called Mr. Consetti again um, and told him that it was not fixed. And he said, well, give me until Thursday then. So uh, again, I said, oh, okay, I'll wait. Um, on come Thursday, it was not fixed again, um, which I then called him again. And he told me, well, give me till Friday. I have to talk to my lawyer. Um, and then... That, did he say you know, anything else? Did he say, Hold on a second. According to you, did he say to you, hey, I, uh, you authorized this or anything like that, or he never took that position during that time? Now, at that time, he did not take that position. So why does he have to talk to a lawyer? Did you ask him why would you have to talk to a lawyer? No, I did not ask him. He said that he had to look into what uh, about the charges... Um, and I told him that it wasn't correct. You know, these were not authorized charges on my credit card. All right. So what happens? Does he ever, on the Friday, does he credit it? No, he does not uh, charge uh, credit on Friday. I then immediately started contacting Thumbtack to allow, to let them know of what the uh, problem was. And I started having conversations with Thumbtack about this situation. All right, so this is all happening on uh, February 14th? The original, the original contract date was 2-6. Uh, no, I know that. I mean, when you contact... Stop, 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 stop. This is uh, when you contact Thumbtack and you try to solve the problem. We're already now on February 14th? Because you also call your credit card company, right? 
Correct. I called my uh, my bank my bank card. All right, and you call your bank card, and you get a provisional credit of the five hundred dollars. Yes, they originally uh, after I spoke with Thumbtack, they encouraged me to uh, contact my bank to do that. I I did do that. They did after a while. They did give me the five hundred dollars back. They said it was a provisional in, unless uh, Mr. Consetti returned some information that they could re they could re take the money back if he provided. Okay, uh, so what actually so happens? Because I can I can understand your bank records. What actually happens is on two fourteen they give you the provisional credit based on your phone call, but then they take it away on two twenty seven. Correct. Also on two fourteen, Mr. Conoscenti. That's when you give him a $250 credit? Explain that one. Because I, excuse me, but I, I went over with the consul with my lawyer. She was away on vacation for a few days on that week. And he says, just give him the 250 on that, on the credit. And you did that on February 14th also? I did. I transferred the money, the wire transfer from my business account to Mr. Matson. You acknowledge that, right, Mr. Matson, that you got the 250 That is correct. He wired the money to my okay. account. So then, he, right, he wires the money. So here's what happens from your perspective. From what I'm seeing in your statements, you are charged on 2-7 the $500, which was authorized and has properly executed credit card authorization. On 2-9, you are charged an additional $500 that, according to your testimony, you never authorized, and the plaintiff is unable to show a credit card authorization and claims you authorized it verbally, and you deny it. On 2-14, two things happen. The, credit, the, the bank card gives you a provisional $500 credit, and the defendant gives you a $250 credit. And then on 2-27, the bank takes away its provisional credit. So right. here's what I've got. I've got you out $1,000 and then credited $250, so what you're really out right now, as you sit here, is $750. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, so I understand your counterclaim. Mr. Conoscenti, you and I are now going to have to go over your records because according to you, what happens when he fights it is that you are out how much? According to you, have you made any money? Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't understand your, um, you gave me some records to look at. Can you explain to me and prove your position? Because your position is that you are owed $1,500. You're suing for an entire $1,500. Um, the whole contract. Because you feel that he, right, because you have a contract and you feel that he had no right to bail from the contract. 
But what I'm trying to tell you is, according to his records, I'm able to see that you already have on your side $750. Are you disputing that, that there is on your no, side $750? Okay, good. All right, now, now show me in your records the back and forth that happens with merchant services that applies to him so that I can find the math to be your way that you're saying. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, the first time I made a consultation with Mr. Matson, the $250 deposit that he told I could take at that time, because it's been so long with the corona, this thing is like all over the place, that he gave me the whole thing on that, and to dispute that end on Wait, that. I don't understand a word you're saying. Stop. I'm now looking at your statement. Let's start from the beginning and Let's tell go. me what the relevant entries are. All right, Your Honor, no problem. I see so that on 2-7, there's a $500 yes. deposit. Is that from this de this defendant? Okay. Yes, from Mr. Madsen's then, credit card. Yep. Then on... 210. 2-10, okay, hold on. $250, Your Honor. That actually gets into your account, Mr. Madsen, a few days later, like on the 14th. Does that sound right? Because you do acknowledge you got that 250 correct? Yes. Okay. I want you to look at where he says on 2-9 that you charged another $500. We, everybody agrees that you charged another $500. You say he gave you verbal authority. He denies it. He then contests the $500, right? He did. Yeah, he disputed that. But and then I you got that $500 back when you told them that he had authorized it, right? He did. I sent them the contract or the merchant services. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking did he authorize it. I'm asking you, did you get that 500 back I did. when you fought it? Okay. Yes, I, I did. So that and means there's $1,000 on your side and 250 on that you gave him back, correct? That's correct, Judge. That's where we're at. All right, that's well, overdrafts. that's exactly what the defendant's testimony was. You have Here only you received 750 and correct. you want to be able to get the rest of your contract because you feel he inappropriately fired you and you have a contract. You feel, Mr. Madsen, that you completely appropriately fired him because he didn't have authority to charge that second 500. And in fact, you, sir, are suing for um, the extra fees that you had to pay as a result of stuff bouncing. Do you have the evidence of whatever extra fees you had to pay as a result of stuff bouncing? They, this is when the bank was giving me back some of these, those fees because of the... Um, of so what are you out? If the bank gave you back... Right. If the bank gave you back the fees, then what what fees are you out? Are you out any fees or not really? Well, they, they still haven't really given them back. It was basically like a loan back. They only... Uh, until I, this case is closed, uh, I'm still out those fees. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to win. I don't know if you figured that out, but you're going to win this case. So then they'll they'll end up uh, erasing all of, all of the fees for reversal. Here's the problem, Mr. Conoscenti. The problem is that there is a very specific method for collecting money as a vendor. You know it because the first money that you collected, you got a credit card authorization. When a vendor gets a credit card authorization, there's no swearing match between people about whether something was authorized or something wasn't. And if I looked at the contract and I saw that it said 500 due February 7th, another 500 due February 9th, then I would still say, hey, he didn't get the credit card authorization, but come on, your contract says you got to pay the other 500 February 9th. The contract doesn't say that. 
As, Can I say from what I am looking me? at here, it looks to me like the defendant is out $750. I find that, this, that there's not sufficient evidence that the plaintiff had a right to charge that second $500. I find that the defendant, because that second $500 came out of nowhere to him, with no authorization that's been proven, that the defendant had a right to leave the contract and say, you know what, I don't trust you and I don't want to work with you anymore, especially if it's true that you spent back and forth with him about crediting it and then in the end didn't. I wouldn't trust somebody who did that. I understand you. So I find that you are entitled to get back the, just the money that you are out, which appears to me to be $750, correct? That's the money that you are still out, right? Correct. So I am ordering the plaintiff on the counterclaim, on the, on the plaintiff's claim against the defendant, I am finding in favor of the defendant. And on the defendant's counterclaim against the plaintiff, I am finding in your favor in the amount of the $750. I am finding this, that you appropriately feel that he breached the contract, and I find that you are not going to owe anything on this, and that, in fact, you get your $750 back. That is my verdict. Good luck, folks. Hmm. So not a good day for the plaintiff in the people's court. Mr. Conasciente, let me ask you how you feel about what the judge just said. She explained it very well. She didn't clearly. even let me hear it. Anymore. So we'll be, um, we'll, I'm going to sue him again. You're going to sue him again? Why? Why? Because she, did, she didn't let me get talk because she destroyed my business and turned me into the place about why I'm losing my business on the website. Well, listen, that's the judge's decision. You're just going to have to live with it, and I'm sorry about that. Mr. Matson. let me ask you a quick question. I want, to, I want you to tell me about how you discovered you had been double-charged. It's an interesting story. Tell me. Well, I, I actually went out to, uh, to uh, buy some product at a store, and my card was declined. Uh, and I knew I actually had some money left in my account um, after doing the $500. Um, and then when I looked it up, that I saw that the second charge was there and that it was not authorized. And like I said, I, uh, I, when I told the judge, I immediately went to my bank statement and saw that there was a second uh, $500 uh, charge on there. Well, good for you. You're very sharp, but I'm sure you were shocked when your card was denied because you weren't expecting that. Anyway, you're going to get $750 back, and you said that's even. You're okay with that, and congratulations. All right? Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. And with that, it's time now for more of our after-the-verdict conversation between Judge Millian and her real-life judge husband, Judge John. So, Marilyn, it sounds like you saw this as kind of a straightforward breach of contract claim. There's a couple of pages, two-page contract, I think, that governed the relationship between the wedding planner and the client in this case. And when he charged the extra money without, effectively, without permission under the contract, that was the moment for you, correct? That's it. That's it. Because, you know, uh, you, can't, you can't do that. Either the contract has to say, you know, I get to charge another 500 tomorrow or two days later, or um, you need to have a written authorization of it. It sounds like he would have gotten away with it if he had just kind of charged it back or gotten the money back. Well, the, all he had to do, that's Mr. why... Mr. Madsen was willing to continue, at least yeah. if he got the money back. Right. That's all he had to do was say, honest mistake, and give the money back. And the fact that he didn't is the reason why he got kicked off of Thumbtack. 
He got kicked off because there was a legitimate complaint against us. Right, some unfortunate consequences yeah. there for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to think through as a business person, you have to think through whether it's worth, dying you know, on dying that on that hill because it's going to cost you a lot more than reversing the 500. And so when people, you know, oh, I, I need more time. I need to talk to my lawyer. What do you need to talk to a lawyer about? You're not paying a lawyer $500 for an hour's worth of advice about whether you should return $500. That's just he had trouble making his bills and didn't want to return the money. That's my guess. Most of these contracts, and this one in particular, also had a no oral modifications clause, correct? Yes, yes. and actually, I forgot to mention that. Right. Uh, so if you do want to modify it and say, hey, we're going to have to have another payment yep. uh, on yep. such and such a yep. date this, or quickly, uh, actually, this both parties have to sign yes. that agreement. Yes, another reason why this plaintiff loses is because even according to his own contract, there were no oral modifications. Right, yeah. and there you have it. There you go. I knew there was a reason I kept you around. <laughs>
basically there was a conversation between us that said, hey, there are some problems that you're neglecting. And when you start to fix these, the rent will be turned over. And it's okay. And what were the problems? It's not in the cash form. Throughout the summer of 2019, I had no cold water. I only had hot water in the house. No cold water whatsoever. Uh, the tenant who lived downstairs moved out, and following that, a huge infestation of bed bugs and fleas moved up to my part of the house. This is the other bedroom with the flea infestation. Closet in that room. Carpet as is when moved in still. Flea infestation. It's crazy in there. But the things that were going okay, on so with there... me, uh, my premises was not secure. The doors did not lock. And I had to keep someone at the house 24 hours a day so that the house could not just be walked into. Uh, okay. Again, I told you about what the else water. Wrong? Um, I had heating uh -huh. issues. These are noted by what were the, uh, heating the issues? Department of Code Enforcement. So uh, that was, um, that's way in November. Did point, you have heating issues in September? Uh, so after it started probably at the end of September when I told her that uh, those repairs need to be done before the money was turned over, she had someone. I have come a question. I don't think you actually had, wait, turn I off need you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Listen to me. Who turned off the heat and when? Someone, uh, there's a guy connected to the landlord who is not the maintenance guy, but she had him come over to do some stuff with the downstairs apartment and also had him turn off the heat because I wasn't paying money and I was putting the money ah, aside. Okay, so, so but that doesn't happen until November, issue. right? Uh, sometime along there. It was after like the first complaint of her, uh, the first issue that she sent out, a uh, warrant, excuse me, of me not paying the rent, and I told her why I did not pay so, it after that within a week. So within that September okay, to so November time. so now all time. of a sudden you have no heat and you have no hot water? So, yes, and it's weird. That's the only time when okay, I had and that's when she has filed that year. And that's when she has filed your notice of eviction because you're not paying rent. All right, do you guys end up in landlord-tenant court? Yes, ma'am. Yes. And when is it that you go to landlord-tenant court? What month? Um, so I don't have the paperwork in front of me, but I believe it was do you have the in paperwork, December and then yes. again in January. Yes, I do. Ms. Ahmad, when did you folks end up in landlord-tenant court? 11 6 it was November okay. 6th, and he okay. owed me rent so, uh, for September, November, October. Is there a judge's mm -hmm. order in November? I, wanted, I need to know uh, what no. that judge decided. So we had the court date on December 2nd. And what happened? We went to the, the judge. Um, he said that the things needed to be fixed. No, I don't want to hear you tell me what happened. I want to see the order that the judge entered. The judge uh, wanted him to leave by the end of December. Okay, again, I need you to hear my question. I don't want you to tell me all about what the judge said. I want, put your okay. hand down. I see your hand, but I'm in the middle of something. I want yes, you to show me the order from the judge. So the judge, uh, he agreed that he would leave by the end of December. Do you so have, yes or no, an order from the judge, a written order from the judge saying the things you are saying that show me what the judge decided yes or no this is what i have okay where does the judge award you any money in that landlord tenant suit or does the judge say you don't get any money 
The judge did not say anything about the money. He says that he is leaving by the end of the month. Okay, I got I you. Now, let me ask you a question. In September, he stops paying rent, and he complains about a bunch of things. Did you make any effort to fix the stuff he's complaining yes, about? Yes, and he I complains did send about, please, uh, he's receipts, and I sent uh, letters to you, uh, your court that uh, uh, receipts, and um, my guy, he went in, uh, there to fix everything he wanted to. The cold water, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. He never told us about there's no cold water. Heating, he has two furnaces. So both the furnaces were working. There was one furnace by the time my handyman get, got in. The one furnace uh, needed a new battery. So he put a new battery in I have in a question for, for you. What's the date of the furnace work there? What date? Take a the look at that piece of paper and tell me the date. 1215 okay, 12, is way, I know, but that is after, when did you leave? Court. I believe it was the 1st of January. Okay. I literally left the courtroom and with her and called and signed my new lease right after that. I have paperwork to right. show that. And I also have the paperwork that she According did not According to you, Ms. Ahmad, what day did he leave? He left on the 6th of January. Okay. So, and what's the date of that furnace work you said? December what? Uh, December uh, 15th, that's when he gave me the receipts. He tried to, the okay. other letter states that they tried to, um, on 11-29, he tried to, 11-27th, uh, he tried to get into his house to fix things. He would not let them in. On 11-29th, he tried again to go in the house to fix things. He would not let them in. So I have a letter from All right, from tell them me too. about that, Mr. Martin, because I do see a, a, a statement from her handyman saying, I kept trying to go and I couldn't get in. So tell me, tell me about that. So it's not that I wouldn't let them in. Again, I'm a working man, and I usually start my work day at 8.30, and I end sometime after 5.00. It, it was not an appointment. The handyman just came over whenever he felt fit. Now, the thing with that is oh, okay. I gave him permission to come in and fix things if I was not there. And I guess he was intimidated by the fact of going into someone's house while they were not there. But the thing is, when I okay. scheduled stuff let me with him, he would not the show question, up at the time. Let me ask you the question that I asked Miss Ahmad, Mr. Martin. What happened? In, were you guys only in landlord-tenant court once? Twice. Yes, ma'am. The first time we and went, it was a snow day. It was and, one uh, case. Uh, his, no, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Were you folks, I don't case. mean how many times, right. Was there only one landlord-tenant case? That's what I'm asking, Ms. There Amon. was one case, ma'am. Just one yes. landlord-tenant case. There was one case. All right. Do you have yes, any information from the court about what the judge decided in that case? Did you guys enter a settlement? And is there some documentation of that? Yes, ma'am. So um, I can grab the physical paper. The, um, do you want me to go and grab that paper copy? It'll take me 10 seconds. No, I, th I have something, but what I'm concerned about is the wrong dates okay, are on so it. I don't have a you. date. All right, so um, the last paper that you should be looking at, and actually, uh, Miss Ahmed has a paper of it too. The settlement in court was that there's no money owed due to the repairs that were not finished because she did have her landlord come one day, I mean, excuse me, her maintenance man come one day before the settlement to start fixing things. And it was a good guy who was actually fixing things the right way. The judge asked me, would I like to continue on with them or would I like to leave? And I said, based on the history of it, I would like to leave. 
I would like to stop okay. at this so point. So I do see a piece of paper. Okay, stop talking, please stop. All right, I do see a piece of paper. I don't know why you wouldn't have it, because I would imagine that you would have it. I have it up here on my screen. Let me show it to you. Ms. Ahmad, I don't know why you wouldn't oh. have it. I imagine that you would have it because it was issued in court. And this document says, out within 14 days, no money owed. So tell me then, why wouldn't that mean that the judge has already decided that you're not owed money based on having found it to be uninhabitable? The, the inspectors came over and they ended up deeming the premises uninhabitable. Then your case is going along in landlord-tenant court and either a settlement is reached or the judge ruled, because it says judge's order, no money owed out within 14 days. That doesn't mean that you can file a different case and try to get money. You're the one who actually filed this case. There's a counterclaim against you for all the rent. And on your case, what you are suing for is your security deposit back in the amount of how much? So the security deposit is 800 and uh, other money right. on there. And then why are you suing for moving expenses? It's not about the moving expenses. So I had the infestation. I had to throw away two queen bed sets over that. And then on top of that, I still, you know, tried to work with it. I was just trying to end it and get my security deposit okay, back. Okay, but I had stop. To wait until what you sue for is even... specifically security deposit of 800 and 400 in moving expenses. The landlord doesn't have to pay a tenant's moving expenses, so you're not going to get that 400. I may have this worded it wrong. This is new information you're telling me. Well, you did word it wrong, not you may have. All right, so now you're telling me, well, uh, you know, uh, no, I want that for damaged goods from the infestation, something you have never said. It's not in your complaint. So go ahead and prove to me that you have $400 in damages from the infestation. You've already okay, not had okay, to pay so rent in a place you were living for three months. So do you have any proof of the damages um, from the infestation? Yes or no? All right, so infestation, I had a uh, bed bug and a flea infestation when the tenant from downstairs moved out. Which Do you have any have proof of, of damage? I need you to listen. I need you to listen. I'm not doubting that you had an infestation. Right, so in sense, I'm asking no, you to show in me. That sense, ma'am, no, If you I keep don't. talking over me, you will have no idea what you have to do to prove your case. Do you have proof that you had to throw out things and things got damaged? Because you're telling me, I have $400 in damages. I'm out $400 worth of stuff. Show me the pictures of the stuff that was so ruined you had to throw it out. So Yes or I'm no, do you have that? I do not have, I do not have pictures of that. All right. So, and now you have a counterclaim against him, Ms. Ahmad, for $2,560 for rent that you say you weren't paid, but you've got a problem on your counterclaim. I just showed you the order from the judge in the landlord-tenant case where either a settlement was reached or the judge deemed this man doesn't have to pay rent because it's uninhabitable. You know from the inspector's report that it was deemed uninhabitable in November. So you're not entitled to any rent money. And you know that because that was the actual judge's order. No rent money, get out in 14 days. So on your counterclaim against him, zero. You don't get to keep, he has an $800 security deposit, right? Yes. Right. And you don't get to keep it for rent because the prior judge ruled that you don't get rent. And a judge on a new case has to respect an issue that's already been decided by the prior judge. Okay, I can't just say, ah, you know. So that judge on this exact issue deemed 
that you were not going to get rent money. You can't get it here, and you got to return the $800 security deposit to the plaintiff because you can't keep it for rent. So my verdict is $800 in favor of the plaintiff. No moving expenses and no other $400 for anything else that wasn't proven. But the $800, you do have to pay the plaintiff. That's my judgment, and zero on the counterclaim. Good luck, folks. Thank you. Thank you. So the plaintiff wins on his his original suit. The defendant obviously gets nothing on the countersuit. Let's talk to her. Ms. Ahmad, tell me what you're thinking about right now, about the judge's decision. I don't have any um, complaints. I guess that uh, the only thing I did not have was the no money from uh, um, order from the judge, initial um, judge, um, and I'm okay with that. Why did you file a countersuit when you knew the judge said he didn't have to pay you any rent money? I did not Why have did I that? did not have that piece of paper. Where the judge says I understood that the judge says if I need to get my rent I have to take him to small court. That's what I understood. I did not have that piece of paper. That's a problem for you. That's why you lost your countersuit. All right, thank you very much. The house is uninhabitable, by the way. Have you fixed it up yet? Are you going to rent it again? Can yes, you rent it again? Yes, the house was fixed while he was still there, and the house is sold now. So everything is very okay. So, All right, boy, well, congratulations. All right, Mr. Okay, Martin, let me ask you. Let me ask you a little bit about your reaction to this case. You're going to get $800 back, so that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, it's only what I'm owed, and I had to put up with all of this. It's almost a year later of living in a infested household and uh, going through court dates, taking off from work, and, you know, going through all of this just to get what I should rightly have. So, I mean... I'm not going to say too little too late. I'm happy that justice took its course, but uh, I'm still, you know, behind on things. It's been tough. I understand how you feel exactly. I'm sorry you had to go through that. But at least you're finally getting it the, the, the money back. All right, congratulations to you. Thank you very much. And with that, we'll conclude this case. Now, let us have another session with uh, Judge Marilyn and her husband, Judge John, and another session of after the verdict. Marilyn, in this case, you found that the prior judge's order in the landlord-tenant case was res judicata. Res judicata. And that means, that, that literally in Latin, the thing has already been decided. Right. Uh, so a judge is bound by another judge's ruling in the exact same issue. Because otherwise, people could lose them in front of one judge and then file again and, and then randomly around. get assigned and just shop for judges. You can't do that. Right. So again, it's claim preclusion. It means that claim is completely precluded, can't be relitigated, That's right. right. That's right. Okay, and then, and that really bound you on the question of habitability of the apartment. That judge right. said, "Hey, this is an uninhabitable place." Right. And yeah, and d did you hear when the plaintiff was saying, "Well, not really, because I had to live there all that time." Right. What he fails to mention is he didn't move out of there and have to pay rent somewhere else. He pocketed right. the rent right. for all those months. That was the compensation for having to live there. Right. Um, so he gets his eight hundred back, and he lived rent free from September, October, November to the beginning of January. Right. So he that was the prior judge's way of compensating him for his troubles. So he, I understand it's not easy to move. And right. um, sometimes it may be you'd rather live through hell than be 
um, then have to move. You don't have the funds to move. You don't have the place to move to because you can't collect the funds to move because you haven't gotten your security. I mean, I, I get it. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. Uh, you can't just say, well, if it's uninhabitable, why are you inhabiting it? It's, right. It doesn't work that way. Of course. Right. Although I did notice he said that he had only hot water. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it's bad when you don't have hot water, but it might be worse when you only have hot water. Yeah. As soon as you turn it on, it just comes out smoking hot. That right. Can't be, that can't be great. No, no. <laughs> I, yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was tough. Very good. And there you have it. John, I don't know how you solve this problem. I got to say, I mean, if you are living in an apartment that you are renting from your boss and it has nothing to do with the apartment, you have a different job, uh, you're in a bind here because you're right. I mean, the boss can be pissed off at you. And even if you're a good tenant, might want to try to evict you. So bottom line here is you got to look at the two things separate, that if you are renting the apartment, well, the landlord has a right to evict you when there are grounds and he can fire you when there are grounds. I think it's a bad idea to mix the two, just saying.